Thumbs up, let's do this. Starting from zero. What does it actually take to start from zero and what does it not? What's a waste of time? What works? What doesn't? So many people are lost and confused and even disoriented about what it takes to get started online. And the truth is, it's very simple. Also, success rests in the dirty details. There's so many tiny things people get hung up on when they're starting something online. These tiny details are addressed in this podcast where you watch me mentor people over their shoulder directly based on their personal situation. So listen closely, listen to the whole episode, take in all the patterns, listen for the slow parts, listen for the fast parts, take in everything so you actually see what's required because there's things right now that you're currently missing, things that rest within the little parts of these episodes. Enjoy. All right, so today I'm talking to John. John, where are you in the world? I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee. So what's your big goal for this call and or kind of big goal financially? So my wife and I have this business or we're trying to launch this business out into the world. And I think our big goal is to monetize it really, to be able to draw some income off of it so that we can do some other things in life that we're interested in. Yeah, so learning how to get this thing rolling and to keep it running and doing well. What are you doing for money right now? So I have a full-time job and uh, do some like side consulting. And this is like, so my wife and I are very like entrepreneurial minded. And we had this pain point that we experienced and we thought, you know what, we should come up with a solution for this. And so that's what I'm most interested in talking to you about is how do we take this idea and actually make it something that people want to, you know, come to, flock to So what's your big dream for this call in general? Again, kind of real specific if you can. I guess my big dream would be some actionable steps that I can take to accomplish goals of making this site a revenue generating site. Is that specific enough? What would the action steps enable you to have? You're after something. Yeah. I think really it'd be great if this could be some income for my wife to make. So I don't really have a dollar amount in mind, but maybe just enough to where she could focus on that full time would be excellent. Is there a reason this is vague? No, I don't think so. If I can clarify a little better, let me think through it. I'll tell you, most folks that don't have what they want don't know how to say what they want. Gotcha. And if you're not having what you want yet in this area, I think it makes sense that it would be challenging to even speak about it clearly. And so like a lot of the times what we want to do is we want to kind of recondition the mind so that it's like just speaks real simple. 25 grand a month is the number that gets me and my wife out of my job and together more often. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, let's take a step in that specific direction. So I'd say, you know, if we could make 30 grand off this thing, so that would be a good goal for us. What role has fear played in? Played in all this? Yeah. That's really interesting you asked that question. I have a little bit of fear about, and you know, we don't make a ton of money on my salary and we've got three kids. And so there is this fear of like taking a big leap and not having it go well could really hurt in a lot of ways. You know, I've always like told myself I'm more of a courageous risk taking kind of person, but I think you're right. There is probably an undercurrent of fear here about, you know, kind of stepping into the unknown and having these like 
I call them blind spots, like stuff that I don't really know how to do well. And I think like a lot of people, I like to have control or at least know what I'm doing when I do something. So launching a new business, especially what we have is a website. So it's a challenge because I'm not a very like web savvy, tech savvy person. I'm trying to, you know, get there, but there's a huge learning curve for me and my wife as well. So what I'm sensing is you've got the heart for entrepreneurship, but you have a conditioned employee's mind. I think that's fair. So the mind that you currently have and the way that you currently think, you're going to even possibly have to betray in some ways. Like I got a friend of mine and I gave him this task to do and he like started doing it. It's like, this feels terrible. I got to stop. I was like, no, you can't trust your feelings, man. Not those ones. Because if you could have trusted those, you would have been where you wanted to be already. There are the real true feelings, like, you know, the feelings you have for your wife, where you're very certain, you trust that like a sonar. Then there are other conditioned feelings that we usually guide our life by that are big old liars. Hmm. So here's how we need to recondition your mind. The high level is we need to give you the proper fundamental structure for how business works in a very simple way. And we need to get you out of being a technician and into an entrepreneur. Like if you wanted to only master two skills, like two skills, and you could get away with only having these two skills, and you could build a billion dollar company with them, but you only have these two skills. Those two skills are sales and outsourcing. Most of the people that come to me are technicians, experts at something that have no sales and no outsourcing skills. That's probably me. <laughs> yeah. You just feel pretty inadequate when it comes to understanding how technology works and how it implements and how the tech stuff works, right? Right. Well, some of the biggest visionaries in the world don't know that, but they could be billionaires. But they're able to do that because they're clear about what they want. I want this thing to do this. Now I'm going to hire someone to figure it out. Hmm. And so I want you to start standing for what you want. So when you say, if we could make 30000 that would be great. Screw that. <laughs> We want your mind, because you know the energy of the world is very commensurate with what you truly, truly desire. So it's very fascinating. As you get more practice at this, the world will literally respond to you, sometimes in rapid time for what it is that you want. The creation energy like wants you to stand like a spiritual warrior with a single pointed focus. And it will keep giving you distractions. Like imagine you're sitting in like a storm and you have this single point of warrior-like focus. And that is to liberate my potential, to provide for my family so we do not have to be employees. That's beautiful. So you've got the conditioned employee's mind. And you know what the conditioned employee's mind does is they look for answers. Hmm. And it's actually a very excellent skill for an entrepreneur to hire. Have you seen Inside Bill's Brain on Netflix by chance? No, I haven't. So they like did an amazing three-part documentary on Bill Gates. The dude carries around 15 books with him everywhere he goes. He reads 15 books at a time. Oh my gosh. He's in his library most evenings. And if you think about how much are you reading, how many books do you read a year? It used to be a lot more, but maybe like two or three now. Okay. So reading is how you recondition the mind and taking action is how you recondition the mind. But reading helps a lot. So Bill Gates, he says, I want to help this waste problem in Africa because people are pooping, it's going into streams, it's contaminating the water, people are dying. So he wants to create a toilet that creates energy with the poop. Well, yeah, that's what he's dedicating his time to, you know. And then we have people like, oh, being rich is bad. And so, okay, I'll tell that to Bill Gates. Right. So Bill sits there 
and walks around a room with whiteboards and just sits there and asks questions. How do we make a toilet that turns waste into energy? The dude is clear. And then he finds experts to help him get those answers. What's your brain doing right now? I'm just focusing on that word clarity. Like, how can I get more clarity? Clarity is vulnerable. I ask myself, what's my difficulty with being simple? Because I like to make things complex. So I'm with my life coach and I'm saying, you know, what keeps me from keeping things simple? And for me, it was vulnerability. It's very vulnerable to keep things simple. Hmm. And so I'm learning to speak of more simplicity. Let's go to a specific and clear goal. So what is your big financial outcome? I would say if we could pull in $100,000 a year, that would be amazing. Like, absolutely amazing. Do you know what has you say if we could versus this is what I want? Yeah, I can see that difference. Now that you pointed out. It's okay to believe in yourself. I struggle to believe in myself. I sure do. I think one of the challenges for me with this is like, I've never really had a number in mind. Like I've always just kind of wanted, there's things I want to accomplish and do that I don't know like how much money they would take to do. But I've always thought in terms of like, wow, this would be great if I could start this. It's still the same issue because you've got things that you want to do that you're not even clear what they cost. Yeah. The brain can be our own worst enemy. So to decondition your mind, you got to learn sales and you got to learn outsourcing and you got to learn clarity. Clarity is done just by kind of like just doing it. Uh-huh. One of my other calls was with a gal and she said, I just want to help change lives every day. And I said, you know, I can tell that you're unsuccessful just based on how vague that is. Hmm. Yeah. And success is not who we are. Success is not even what we do. It's such a fascinating concept. Like if you could break success away from what you do and who you are, then you're just someone who cares about serving the world. You know, when your worth is not on the table anymore, then your brain is so relaxed and you're just obsessed with helping people. If you'd like to get a free one-on-one with me and be on this show, you can find out details at startfromzero.com forward slash podcast. Business is not personal. Life is not personal. We make it personal. Like an idea in business works or it doesn't, period. And it's not personal. Like if I want to sell like a video editor background music for their videos and I contact them and I say, hey man, how painful is the issue of background music for videos? And he says, dude, it's really painful, man. My clients ask me for this stuff all the time and it's hard to find the right audio tracks to match video and it's just hard to match the mood and this is a really painful issue for me. I would love help with this. Does that mean anything about me as a person? No. I didn't choose that guy's pain. He had it. It worked or it didn't. And the businesses that make the most sense, short-term, long-term, that do really well, solve pain. Like the more severe pain, the better. Think about like insulin to a diabetic. Think about a hearing aid for someone over 80. They can't hear. It sucks. Mm -hmm. Think about like if you have acne on your face and how embarrassed you are. That's real pain. Think about someone working nine to five every day with the heart of an entrepreneur but they're stuck as an employee. Every day they wake up and live a lie and they get used to the lie and then comfort themselves that it's okay for them to be living a lie. And then they live a lie and then it starts getting reflected in their language and they start becoming uncertain here and uncertain there and they don't speak about clarity anywhere because at the root level, they aren't honoring themselves. And you are not alone. I'd say 80% of humanity might be doing this, not really honoring what they really want. Mm -hmm. What's this idea you have? So... We experienced this pain ourselves as parents trying to find youth sports programs for our kids that were not super expensive, kind of conveniently located to our house. And where we live, it's kind of hard to do that. You either have to, you know, kind of hear about something or you see a yard sign on the side of the road 
or you just kind of Google around, but there's no like one place to go and find all the options. And so my wife and I had this idea to create a directory really for local youth sports so that parents can go look at what's available to them in their area, get an idea of like price point and that sort of thing. So check this out. Okay. Here's what you say. I have a website that is an affordable directory of youth sports programs in local areas. Does that capture it? Yeah. It's like a Craigslist for youth sports. Yeah. See how I did that in like 10 seconds? Yeah, that's great. And it took you about a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah. Which is okay. I mean, because you were telling me, you know, my wife and I have this problem and et cetera, et cetera. But this is what like a mind that's conditioned to think like an employee, but it's like learning entrepreneurship. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll just solve our own problem. We'll stay in our tiny bubble of the world and we'll do things based on all our own direct experiences. And then we'll go out and we'll do this. Like that's a lot of people start businesses that way. Some businesses get really big that way. Some don't. But the problem with it, let's say your mind had been conditioned, like trained to be like full on entrepreneur. What might your approach have been for this? Probably going door to door to programs and telling them about the directory, showing it to them and then getting their buy-in and then pushing it out to customers, parents. That's pretty good. What did you do instead? We built the site and we've, contacted them. I mean, I did that too until I got so frustrated that I stopped doing that. But I had to learn the hard way. So here's the fundamentals of business. Customer, mechanism, result. That's it. So parents want a result of getting their kids in youth programs, mechanism, website directory. The entrepreneur's brain focuses on the customer and the result. It's beautiful, man. What do you like about it? That's clear. Yeah, the applications are endless. It's such a simple concept, but it can be brought down to such great nuance. Like, I mean, if you have this, you can make your website from it because your website's like, so you want XYZ result? You're in the right place. Like the marketing, everything's informed from these same three things. Yeah, and it totally diminishes that first thing that we talked about, about the feeling inadequate because, you know, I don't even know what the tool needs to be, the mechanism needs to be. How'd you make that shift? Well, I feel like it kind of takes the pressure off creating this, you know, bells and whistles mechanism that may or may not be what's actually needed out there. Oh, dude, you're picking it up real fast. So I'm happy you're picking this up. It's also really intuitive. Oh, right. What the hell am I doing? Focused on these mechanisms. So now you've got fundamental business. And by the way, being an entrepreneur is like 95% fun. Being an employee is like probably 15%. Like as an entrepreneur, you get to sit and talk to customers and figure out all these epic results and then you just give them to experts to make for you and then you end up owning the business. Yeah, that sounds awesome. You know, I'll do things like I'll want a result. Let's say I want to have like good YouTube marketing. I'll find a YouTube marketing course. I'll buy it and then I'll get someone to take it and implement it for me. That's smart. But I mean, like if you're in a room full of 100 entrepreneurs, I would maybe respect five of those 100 people for their knowledge anyway. I definitely respect every human as a human. What I'm saying in terms of like what their acclamation is, because the other 95 are either technicians, have faulty belief systems that they're holding on to. They believe things about business that debilitate themselves, but they just happen to be an entrepreneur. Right. It's like my first business mentor, and I drive four hours to see this guy and we sit in his manufacturing company and I'd ask him like, so what's your revenue? And he'd say, do you want revenue per part, revenue per employee, revenue per project, revenue per labor hour? Which one do you want? Do you think he was successful? Yeah. Why? 
feel like if you can break it down like that, he knows his business really well. Yes. And guess how many entrepreneurs can do that out of a hundred, maybe five. Hmm. Then you have guys like Bruce, my first mentor, who has the respect of every one of his employees, flips his computer screen over to me at 10 a.m. and points at a number. He's like, here's how much money we've made today. And it was like, I can't remember. It was like somewhere between 40 and 60 grand by 10 a.m. And he said, that's a pretty good thing because it cost me 50 grand every day I open the doors. <laughs> <laughs> but it was only 10 a.m., you know? So the first four hours of the workday, he's making like 10 grand an hour. Yeah, I love that metaphor you used early in the call about the warrior. Oh, good. What do you like about that? In the storm. I don't know. I just like that image of that kind of, you know, out there taking it, but still like standing strong. Yes. Focused on what they want. Yeah. So all this stuff will come to you and you say, is that what I want? No, thank you. But the person who's not clear about what they want, they'll just take, what? oh yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's good. Oh yeah. Nope. Because like they say, you'll be tested. Oh, you'll be tested. You'll be tested. But when you're clear about what you want, it's not even really a test. It's like very little thought generally. You know, saying no is, that's a whole nother thing. Like there's problems to being successful that are very unique to success, you know? And one of them is discerning what aligns to your vision and saying no to it, mm. right? That can be a very big challenge for me and for lots of people, you know, like, you know, Larry Page, when he took over Google, the story goes, he apparently called up Steve Jobs and Steve was still alive. And he's like, dude, I just took over Google. I'm terrified. What am I going to do? And Steve's like, oh. Just focus on five things and no more. Don't spread your business beyond five things. So the guy's like, okay. And he went and he started cutting all these extra Google projects at the time and focused on five. Yeah, that's cool. So as an entrepreneur, your two biggest skills are sales and outsourcing. There's many more skills, like to always be reducing risk. One of the foundational things that entrepreneurs do is they just consistently look to reduce their risk. Hmm. I don't consider myself a risk taker. I just consider myself way too informed to be a W-2 employee. Hmm. Who deserves to be an entrepreneur and who doesn't deserve to be an entrepreneur and like who's made for entrepreneurship is really more about like if I was to distill it to one thing, it's like, do you have a desire to be your own boss? Do you have a desire to create your own thing? If it's a yes, then you're good. If you have those two desires and they're really there, then I think that's what you want to grow. But if you don't really have a desire to be your own boss and if you don't really have a desire to grow your own thing, then it's lukewarm. And so like my sister, she has no desire to do that. You know, so she's a very excellent physician's assistant. So, and she loves that. And that's an employee. And she's very happy. She's very aligned with her vision. So I'm not trying to demean employees. And I think sometimes I am. It's because a bad habit of mine. What I just want to say is that with what I know about myself and what I know about income and how it all works is it just seems like financial suicide for me to be an employee. Yeah. If you're not happy, figure it out and address it. It's nothing to do with entrepreneur, nothing to do with employee, nothing to do with boy, girl, man, woman. It's really about if you're not happy, do something about it. Yeah. And uh, would you say you're happy being an employee? No. And I think that's as simple as we need to go. So when I talk about entrepreneur, like just really be looking to reduce risk. So we identify the greatest single point of failure and look at it directly. What's the single biggest, greatest point of failure that would cause the business to fail? Yeah, not having people actually like use it. Exactly. So we're reducing risk. Sales, outsourcing, reducing risk. You know, you ideally want to know a business going to work before you ever start it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> right, yeah. And then what would you have said to the parents? Man, I would start by just finding out more about the pain points. Like, is this a common pain point that everybody experiences? And like, what challenges are you facing? And 
And do you even care about youth programs? For years, people have asked me about a book, something simple that they could read that was completely comprehensive, that would help them learn how to start a business when they have no ideas, no money, no experience, no real expertise, when they're insecure, when they don't have confidence. How do you start from zero? How do you start a business when you don't even believe that you could actually help someone in the first place? It's all documented. There's now a path. It's a book. It's called Start From Zero, and you can pre-order it right now. Go to startfromzero.com and click on pre-order so you're first in line to read this remarkable book. There are over 15 different examples of employees, many who became millionaires in four years' time. It's absolutely possible, and you can do it when you get the right training. Go get that book right now at startfromzero.com and click on pre-order. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I guess that's another good one. <laughs> so maybe you talk to parents and there's a five question framework that's like a gold mine for product ideas. Mm-hmm. It's what's your most present problem? How do you solve it? What happens if you don't fix it? What would your dream solution be to that problem? Would that be worth paying for? If so how much? So you sit there with a parent and you're like, hey, parent, what's been your most present problem with raising your children? Or what's been your most present problem with your children and youth athletic programs? And they might say, well, you know, trying to be able to afford all the equipment. And then you say, well, how do you solve that problem now? What do you, how do you do it now? They tell you. They tell you a whole story about it. They say, what happens if you don't get to solve this problem? They're like, well, it just sucks because X, Y, Z. And you say, so what would your dream solution be? And then they're like, oh, well, we want this. And then you say, well, would it be worth paying for? If so how much? And now you've got your customer. You've got your result. You can worry about mechanism later. That's great, man. That's really cool. So like, what are the numbers for the site now? Like, how's it going? Oh, man, I don't even know. Not great. Okay, not great. Okay. It feels like maybe taking a few steps backwards would be the way to go now. Yes. It's like one of those nice to have ideas where you're like, oh, if you knew it exists, it's great, but it's not painful enough where you try and go look for it. I don't know about parents with youth programs. You'll find out if you talk to them. Right. Yeah. You know, I've got a guy contacting me and he wants me to help him build software products for hedge funds. Do you think I might make money with that? Yeah, absolutely. Because the customer has a lot of money. Now, it's very useful for a hedge fund. You know, a hedge fund, they have like 50 million to invest and they have to figure out where to put it. So one of the things they do is they talk to ex-employees who've worked at like Slack and they talk to them about what's going on at Slack, how is it Slack, da 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 and they find out the solidity of the company from an inside ex-employee. Hmm. And then sometimes that will give them enough confidence to invest 50 to 100 million. Wow. They call them expert interviews. Hedge fund expert interviews is the niche. That sounds really cool. Yeah. And so the customer has a tremendous amount of money. But when you're going into your world where you're looking for affordable youth sports programs, you're already targeting somewhat stingy people. Yeah. Well, it's for youth sports in general, not just those that are affordable, but any listing. Oh, good. So it's youth sports programs in your local area? Yeah. 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 That has some legs to it, you know? Thank you. Yeah. And that's not personal. Right. So, you know, you say, thanks. Oh, I got a good idea. It's like, hey, like, listen, it works or it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I go to Google and I type in youth sports programs. I see what I kind of see, look around a little bit. But it's probably a fun idea to learn on, but I wouldn't stake your financial future on it. What I like to do with businesses is I like kind of like try to get them out and feel them out. And then if there's a big response, I give it attention. If there's not a big response, I don't give it attention. How long? Like, what's the threshold for that? Well, I mean, you talk to a parent and they're like, oh my, yes, please tell me when you've got that. 
And then like the next day, they're like, hey, do you have that? Then you've got a winner, which are very hard to find. Mm. But if you're like, hey, you know, you got a website with like youth sports programs on it for your kids. And they're like, oh, I really like that. And you're like, well, so on a scale of like one to 10, how much do you like it? Right. You're like, oh, you know, like a seven. I was like, well, would you like it enough to pay for it? And they're like, well, yeah, it might not make much sense for the parents to pay for it. But in terms of selling as an entrepreneur, let's say you go maybe advertise on Facebook and you say, I'm looking for families who want to know the best youth sports programs in XYZ City. Mm -hmm. If that's you, comment below or whatever. And send me a message on Facebook and you build a Facebook messenger bot list of these people. So you build this list of like 150 people that are looking for youth sports programs in a certain city. Then you go to the youth sports programs and you say, hey, I've got 150 parents looking for youth sports programs that you could advertise to. And I charge just $5 per person for 60 days to be in front of them. So you've got 150 times five is like 750 bucks. So you have 750 bucks per youth sports program. And there's like 10 youth sports programs, probably soccer, softball. So you get 10 of them and maybe you charge them each 750 bucks for 60 days. That price doesn't work. You figure out the revenue of a youth sports program. Like, hey, what's that? What's your typical revenue to do a season? And they're like, well, you know, I usually make about like five grand or something. Then seven fifty probably gonna work. Mm. What are you hearing? Yeah, just about how to be flexible in all this, really. So if you're able to do this, you'll separate yourself from so many entrepreneurs, and you'll have a tremendous amount more freedom, and you'll be able to start helping other business owners with this as well. So. What you do is you talk to this youth sports team owner and you now say, what results are you looking for? You know, they say, I want full teams. And you say, have you ever had a full team with players that didn't really want to play? And they're like, yeah, I did. And so you say, would you like full teams of kids who actually want to be in the sport? I'm like, oh, that'd be amazing. And then you could actually like filter out the parents, connect the two and charge a fee. And you don't need a website for that. Just build your list with Facebook, looking for families that want the best youth sports programs that are the best fit for their kids. I put my information in that as a parent. That's really cool. So your first mission then is to get on Facebook and to run some ads and have pictures of kids playing sports and say, I'm looking for parents who want to find the very best youth sports programs for their children. Send me a message to get the details and you'll probably build a pretty big list. Yeah. So that's how you might test it. And when you talk to people, you're kind of like, you're really looking for that thing where it's like, well, hey, are you sorry? Are you going to do that or not? Like they tell you, when can I get it? You know, it's like, have you heard of Zapier? No, I haven't. Zapier or Zapier is like a data transfer. So like if you have data in one thing, it'll automatically transfer it to another thing. If you don't, you have to re-enter the data manually. Does that sound painful? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that product blew up and it wasn't personal. It just worked. So you as an entrepreneur, John, is standing in clarity, standing with a spiritual war with focus to provide for your family and liberate your own potential, you're going to be working on selling and outsourcing. And you'll be able to do both of those because you're clear. You're going to be working to reduce your risk. And you're going to build out this idea on new sports programs, not for your successful identity to feel good, but to serve parents and get their parents and kids in great youth sports programs that literally could change their life if they're in the right one and meet the right coach. Mm which you could even put in the ad. You could put a quote, being in the right youth program with the right coach can completely change the trajectory of your child's life. Here's how to find the best youth programs with the best coaches. And now all of a sudden you're going to the youth programs. And you're like, listen, we have parents that are looking to go to youth programs. So we like to vet our coaches and stuff before we connect them. So we just need to make sure you're actually good. Now, all of a sudden you're the power position. Yeah, that's great. 
I love that. This is starting to sound more and more like fire. That sounds really cool. So you have quite a mission on your hands with a business like this, and you don't need a website. Why don't you need a website? Because people can get the result without it. You're in the business of delivering results. You're not in the business of making websites. And there we have it. How are you feeling? I'm feeling empowered. Where do you think your biggest crippling spot's going to be moving forward? Oh, man. I don't even want to think about that right now. I think you're going to slip back into complexity a little bit, away from clarity. But you might not. What do you think, though? I could see that. I could see that being a challenge. Okay, so just in case that happens, here's what you do. Say, can I explain this to my kids? Hmm. If you cannot explain it to them, then it's not clear. That's great. I love that. That's a great life hack. Okay, what else? So maybe that step after connecting with parents, I could see that being a little bit of a challenge, like bridging like what they want, desire, and then... So try this. My highest commitment is to make sure that everyone profits. My highest commitment is to make sure everyone profits. And I'll need to do a lot of things to figure out what that is. And I'll need to do a lot of things to figure out what that is. So to unpack that just a little bit, everyone makes a profit. We're talking about the parents find success in these programs. Like I find success connecting them and the programs have kids in there that want to be there. Is that, am I doing that right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Your first few transactions, you might like not believe in yourself as much, which is I do still with any new idea. I'm like, oh yeah, we'll get it. How about 50 bucks? And like, you know, nine months later, I'm like, oh, we're at 300 now. So, you know, your first few people could get a deal. And then as you kind of look and see how the numbers really start to work and, you know, you find out the benefit for the parents to like, you know, how much time do you spend looking at youth sports programs now? And like, oh, we spend like five hours a month. Well, what do you value your time at per hour? Well, at least 50 bucks an hour. So that's $250 of time you're going to save by getting direct access to the best programs. By the way, it's free. But just so you know, it's what you're saving. That's really cool. So everyone profits. And so you might ask them what they charge for their youth sports program. And you say, well, would it be fair to get 20% of that if I'm delivering you a customer and all you have to do is coach them? And there you have it. Yeah, it's great. And so you'll figure out what you need to do as you go. Man, that's really good. It's really good stuff. I wish my wife could have been on this call with us. She's really good about coming up with good questions as well. But this has been really nice, really good stuff, really good stuff. I'm happy to hear that. Do you think you could do this like in reverse too, like focus on those programs first and then bring them parents? Or do you feel like starting with the parents is really the only way to do this? Why would you do it? The other way? Yeah. I was just thinking of like going back to that, they're putting out yard signs, they're, you know, buying ad space, other places. I mean, you could certainly talk to them and like just say, you know, hypothetically, if I had 150 families, which what would you pay? Or, you know, you know what you do is you probably tally up everything they're currently doing because people can be kind of finicky about this. Like, oh, yeah, I'd pay you 10 percent. Nick, OK, well, tell me, how much are you spending on advertising? What about your yard signs? Like, tell me all your advertising efforts. And then the, you add it all up and you're like, it's way more than 20 percent. Mm-hmm. Tell me more of your thinking so I can make sure I'm advising you correctly. So the programs are spending money to attract customers. But that doesn't matter because you're not going to be able to do anything for them unless you can get parents. Yeah, yeah. So it really has to start with the parents. It usually has to start with the thing you're most scared of doing, yes. Gotcha. Is it scary to go for the parents first? Not really, just because I'm a parent and I know my people. (laughs) Good. That doesn't really bother me. So what had you slip into the thinking of going to the sports teams? I kind of always like to look at it from different angles as well. Okay. And they have the money already. They're spending it already. But I think you're right. Like it doesn't make sense to go that way because I don't have anything to really offer them. Well, there is something else you can do. Like you could go to the sports teams and you could actually just do the Facebook ads for that sport. 
So like you go to the youth soccer person and be like, hey, listen, I can get you in front of every family in the city. That's a whole different business model. And that may even be more effective. I like that even more personally. Really? Yeah. You know, you've got 10 teams in a city that you're advertising for on Facebook. You go into Facebook targeting, you say anyone that's married over the age of 35 probably has kids around the right age. We're going to show the soccer ad to, hey, you want to put your kid in soccer? Click here for more information. Hey, you want to put your kid in softball? Click here for more information. You just rotate these ads to these families. And then they'll just self-select. And you could just charge per lead. You could charge per whatever. So yeah, you could do that route. And you like you think that sounds more effective? You got to try both. I like it better initially. You want to try both. Okay. Well, there's a big few big things to consider because if let's say you're advertising to families and you're building this list of like, let's say you got 500 families who are always looking for youth sports programs. These five families, you might be able to sell them other stuff too, right? They're families that trust you to give them the best youth sports program. Well, who's to say that on a Friday or Saturday night, there's some great family center that wants to advertise to them. Hey guys, if you're not doing anything this Friday night, you should check out this place. And you just made money there. Yeah. Because the value is in the customer list. Long-term value. If you have 5,000 families in a city and you can say, listen, I'll get you in front of 5,000 people tonight. So this takes like a day of testing to find out. You don't even need a youth soccer program to do the ad. You put up kids of people playing soccer and say, hey, information on youth soccer programs in the area, click for information. You don't even need to talk to a soccer team to do that. You could run that ad in the next five minutes. You could also run the same ad that says, hey, are you a family looking for the best youth sports programs? And that may grab a whole different demographic of people that aren't interested in soccer. So I just start running Facebook ads. And then you just, so once they like click there, you just basically like lead them to a Facebook page where... No, you find out what they want in Messenger. I gotcha. Just keep it in Messenger. And then as that works, then you can build out some automated system, but do it manually first. Okay. And so then you can put them into buckets, like these group of folks are interested in soccer, this group of folks is interested in basketball, like that sort of thing. And then send them, or I guess, connect them with the programs. But anyway, I'll have to figure all that other stuff out. That's a very important part to figure out. The fulfillment side, the way that you create fulfillment will either make your life awesome or it'll make your life somewhere less awesome or very difficult. The way an idea is fulfilled Hmm. needs to be very strategic because you can totally tip the odds in your favor if you set it up correctly. So why don't you go out and do stuff for like two weeks and just run a bunch of ads and talk to a bunch of people and then come back and I'll do another 30 minute interview with you. And then we'll just add it on the end of this episode so people can see what happened. Man, that's really cool. Okay. Does that sound good? So you got two weeks to run a bunch of ads and test. Like run one ad a day and spend 50 bucks on it. One ad a day, 50 bucks max. See what happens. You think like this time of year, like does that affect anything? Best just to try and see. Your conditioned employee mind wants to know. The entrepreneur mind is convinced to figure it out. So we don't know until we figure it out. And we never want to assume. My top marketing friends will run nine different advertisements before they find one that works. These guys are ones doing a million dollars a month. They're that good and they have to run nine ads. Wow. So that's why you want to run one a day. Try one for soccer, the one for softball. Like You might find one works better than the other. So then you find out that you just help people get into soccer programs because that's way more cost effective for everyone than anything else. Yeah. So then you just contact youth sports teams all across the country that play soccer and say, hey, we're really good at getting kids into your soccer programs. Would you like some help? It's a very good business. Yeah, sounds really cool. So listen, if you'd like to offer feedback on this episode, we would treasure that. Let us know what you want more of and what you want less of for the show. And we'll make sure we try to incorporate that. You can email the feedback to 
hello at startfromzero.com. Just put feedback in the subject line. Now, if you'd like to build a $20,000 per month business, minimum, I've got a friend who actually does this every single month. Some months he makes as much as $87,000 in a month. I asked him about it and he told me, man, if I can do this, anybody can do it. So we've turned this into a fully comprehensive course that you can take to learn how to quickly build a $20,000 per month business. If you'd like information on that, you can go to startfromzero.com and on the homepage, you'll find a link to it. Now, if you've been struggling to take action, if you really feel there's more for your life, but you know you're gonna need to take action to do it, but taking action is so difficult, you just can't seem to get yourself to do it, we have a wonderful free tool. You can find it at startfromzero.com forward slash DJP. And if you go there within 20 minutes of applying the process, you'll find yourself wanting to play the game, wanting to step in the game, and wanting to take action. I use DJP for myself all the time with things like figuring out revenue models, figuring out lead capture systems, figuring out how to hire someone. If I'm ever stuck with a difficult action, I'll actually apply DJP because what it does is it wakes up a deeper intuition, a deeper wisdom, so we can actually do something really cool instead of stay stuck. So that's it. Please rate the show, please subscribe, and go on and listen to the next episode. Let's do this.